I love it. I love it. Well, I guess on that note, <laughs> welcome to Fueled by Lore. Um, oh, podcast. We just played our intro theme music, um, which seems kind of awkward sitting in a like room talking about it, but not actually doing it. But it did just play, so you listeners did hear it. So, congrats. Um, today hope you we liked have. It. <laughs> I hope you liked it. I'm just hoping you don't edit it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just like. I'll do that, and then what'll happen is we'll be in like mid conversation, and then I'll just like cut in the middle of sentence, and I won't finish the sentence, and the intro music will. professional podcast you'll hear mm-hmm. but to, <laughs> but. so welcome um today our guest is faith who is a wonderful friend of mine and she is very active um in the local music scene around denver she has been to an obscene amount of shows which is incredible um i love seeing her at shows and then she also is a singer and a songwriter um she was able to sing with us maddie's changed at one of our last shows covered paramore and it was so much fun it was so much fun and i we loved having you and we just finished recording vocals for um a song faith wrote and so i'm really excited to (laughs) talk about that and a whole bunch of other stuff so welcome faith thank you thanks for having me on guys that's this is so fun so yep yeah, yeah. Um, well, this podcast is called Fueled by Lore, so uh, you ready to dig into some lore? Like what? I know you, knowing you personally, I know you had some like musical theater like, uh, roots and background, right? Why are you exposing me as a theater <laughs> kid right now? Hey, deep down. Patrick's like, yeah, so you no, were, we're a theater kid, kid, right? Uh. Hey, man, you gotta... You gotta... <laughs> Start with the music somewhere. Was there another place you'd rather start? I, I really think. dove into pop punk to like get away from my music. Oh theater. no! <laughs> Rep. I'm like, I'm not a theater kid, guys. I I go into mosh pits at shows. I'm <laughs> not me. Not. <laughs> no, I I did start in musical theater for sure. <laughs> for sure, I worked um, in high school for a really long time. And middle school, I actually started acting when I was like nine years old. I started at this community theater in Missouri because there was nothing else for me to do in Missouri. <laughs> and I, I I, got a role on this little Christmas play mm-hmm. called A Miracle on 34th Street. Ooh. Good movie. Weird play. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I just never stopped wanting to be on stage after that. I was, like, addicted just addicted to the stage. Addicted That's to the That's interesting stage. because, like, one thing that I have people tell me is, like, oh, I don't know how you can get it on stage and do this. It's, like, yeah. I don't know, man. It's kind of fun. I don't know. It's kind of cool when everybody looks at you and likes what they're seeing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think it's that um, Cameron talked about that last week was that he, with, like, his visual art kind of stuff, can he doesn't have to, like, 
which is something I had never thought about, was yeah. that he mentioned, like, oh, there's, like, an extra layer of, like, vulnerability with, like, music where you can, where, like, your face is, like, attached to your art. Right. Whereas, like, with him, he can kind of, like, detach from that. So he can just, he has the option, like, if he wanted to, he can show his art and not his face if he wanted to. Right. Which was something I'd never considered. So it also sounds, uh, it's also kind of nice to hear you say, you know, talk about that, like, right off the bat. It's like, oh, yeah, it's kind of fun to be up there. and Yeah. Because, like, it ultimately is a risk, and I think that part of it is, like, it depends on the audience's reaction initially. Because, <laughs> they, like, <yeah. laughs> have you had experiences where there's, like, no reaction or a bad reaction? <laughs> um, I don't, I don't know that I've had no reaction. I've definitely had bad reactions. But that's part of it, I think. Like, especially because the bad reactions I've gotten, I had a bad reaction to it as well. Like, I knew the second I did something, like, okay, that's... <laughs> yeah. I guess with that bad reaction or no reaction, like, is it, you know, for me, it's I'm playing, like, a song I wrote or, like, I'm performing a song and I'm hoping that people enjoy it and so then if I don't get a reaction or like nobody shows up and nobody's like reacting to the music it right. can feel weird and like uncomfortable yeah. have you had that kind of thing happen before for sure I've so when you guys when Patrick when you asked me to be on the podcast I had told you like eh, I don't really like do much I, <laughs> I write songs in my bedroom but I don't <laughs> I don't do much with it like and what I do is I put out a lot of covers or I mm -hmm. put out like TikToks or Snapchat stories or just stuff for like people that I care about to see it. So when people that I care about don't care about what I'm putting out there, yeah, I, yeah. I yeah. definitely feel some type of way about it. But we've also been talking about, I think over the past like year and a half, about stopping that kind of mindset and doing things because we like to put it out there and mm -hmm. like I deserve to put whatever I want out and not care about a reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, and I feel like that's hard because like Beth, do you run into that kind of thing too? I think we kind of talked about it with like posting to social media, your art. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of that fear of like the notes, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Like, oh, that didn't, that didn't hit. Did it? Right. No. It, All right. If, and it's frustrating because it's like, what do you, what do you, like, what's different, you know? Like, do you guys find that when you try new things, it just doesn't go? Or do you do the same thing and for some reason it just doesn't go? Um, so I always, usually I text like a few people and I'm like, should I, should I release like uh, an original or should I just do another cover? Because everybody, we've, you've talked about this on the mm -hmm. podcast that like everybody loves a cover, mm -hmm. especially if you can do it well. Like if you have a nice voice and you've practiced it and made it maybe even a little bit of your own, people like it. People eat it up because they know the song. Um, and with originals, I think it's like such a vulnerable thing because you're like, not only do you not know this song, you're also going to be judging my voice and something that I wrote about probably my life, which is embarrassing. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. Like the vulnerability there is fascinating um, because, like, that's honestly it's the thing that's most rewarding. I think about art is that you are being 
ultra vulnerable, whether yeah. you're drawing something or singing something or performing something, like acting it out, is like you are showing this vulnerable part of yourself. And so then if people respond positively and like supportively to you, then like that's huge. And that is, I'll say it, it's the best feeling I've ever experienced is like, like the best thing that I've ever experienced in my life is like having people sing lyrics that <laughs> I've written when I'm performing like that hands down is like the best feeling in the world but like that's like rare and it takes a lot to you know get to that because not everyone's gonna you know buy into what you're making and that's okay and I think that's the biggest struggle that a lot of us face is that you know not everyone's gonna like it and it's hard to really be at peace and okay with the fact that that's fine not everyone's gonna like it like it's super hard to you know deal with that totally and like I struggle with that all the time and I feel like it's for me I feel like a lot of people like to they enjoy watching me perform because I think I've kind of adopted this kind of like carefree approach to it and yeah and stuff so it's kind of like messing up is part of the show and so that it's like it's bound to happen and like there's just this there's this um detachment from the seriousness to an extent but it's still quality the the or i I don't know about the (laughs) i think it's quality i think everything that you've put out has been a quality piece of music stop (laughs) (laughs) i think it's all been quality and that's what i so enjoyed about like maddie's chain shows and that whole environment was that was that it was like we're still getting quality music and a quality experience it's just not that serious it's not they're not taking themselves more seriously than they need to that was always how it felt and I was because you know how it is like in the scene like there's people that are like I'm gonna do this for the rest of my life and I'm never gonna have a job and I'm always gonna play music (laughs) full time and it's just, it gets overwhelming. It's, it's unrealistic. It's pretentious. It's privileged. I mean, all of those statements come off just a certain type of way. And that's what I think is special about the way you perform and the way you approach different projects. Mm-hmm. Stop it. I know. Fucking make me cry on my Mush. own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that's because, like, Deep down, I think that I would love to do, like, music and stuff, like, full-time. Like, that would feel good. Like, art. And, like, I guess, Beth, would you feel like you <laughs> would love to do that full-time? Like, if you could just be supported by your art and do that essentially whenever you want, would it still have the same... If I could... <laughs> if I could paint a fucking dragon and then, like, live comfortably, you bet <laughs> I would be painting dragons all fucking Beth day. and the dragons. <laughs> Beth and the dragons. <laughs> dude that's just the project because <laughs> i feel like it's interesting because this is also something that sara brought up in her episode was that because she her youtube channel kind of like just casually exploded which Amazing. is incredible to see <laughs> but now she has like this pressure to like release stuff and at she's talked she talked about that where she's like you know i don't owe it to anybody really like i'm she's at the end of the day, it's like the pressure is like being put on yourself to release that stuff. Right. But at the same time, like if you have like monetization attached with that. And so that's one thing that I'm interested in is like if art is like your way to support yourself, does it lose, mm. you know, 
an aspect of its like originality or like its authenticity and you know i've never gotten to that point where <laughs> i've got I've, I've, I've figured out how to make you know my musical projects like pay for themselves so it doesn't cost me but i've never like like mad exchange we made some money at the end of the day like we cashed out each like 50 bucks it's pretty cool (laughs) (laughs) i feel like not everyone can say that that's pretty exciting but like it's i don't know i can't decide if you know doing it for a living like it ultimately i guess that's kind of the dream right right but like i don't know i'm on like a weird tangent sort of thing of like does the authenticity remain if it's you know if it does become your job well that's the thing about like celebrities and that's why they're so easy to critique because i find once i even like youtubers like if i find a youtuber and they're at at like 150k subs i'm like okay she's relatable still they they live in a normal house they drive a normal car they Mm -hmm. usually some of them have like regular jobs or they're going to school or whatever it is and that's where the relatability, that's why I started watching them, right? Mm-hmm. Because I could relate to the content they were putting out, what their daily lives were like. Same with like music and celebrities. There's a certain point where I'm like, uh, <laughs> I don't think you understand what it's like out here anymore because <laughs> it's not like that. So I think it would lose. I think every, every level of being an artist like whether you and and it's also like how you define success like a lot of people don't believe that they've succeeded in their art unless they are self-sufficient and Mm -hmm. they pay the bills with it and they don't have to have a day job and some people are self-sufficient with putting music out for their friends to listen to and maybe somebody else will hear it and maybe they won't I mean that's that's where I'm at with it Mm -hmm. because I've tried for a very long time to find different avenues and it's always like well if you aren't a singer maybe you could produce maybe you could do this maybe you could do that maybe you could go and be a backup singer like okay then I'm compromising what I want to do to make money doing art that would still be me doing art Mm -hmm. it just wouldn't be wouldn't be me doing fully my authentic art that I want to do I like that. That's a, that was a, a damn good answer. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, the authentic, authenticity to art is really interesting to me because, like, obviously I make copies of everything I do. So it's like everything kind of loses its nature, like, every so on and so forth. Do you find that, like, pieces you've written in the past or, like, new ones that you explore constantly, do those lose their integrity to you? Or is it just, like, this sort of idea of selling out that mm. you're, like, doesn't work out? It's not even so much about selling out. I'm not against people making a dime <laughs> with writing their oh, no, own no, music. No, I just touched it. Yeah. It's oh. just, um, I don't know. I don't think that. I think every time I've like written a song, and I like play it over and over, or I record it on different platforms, or release it on different avenues, I still find so much pride in it because at the end of the day, like I wrote that song about my life and. That's never going to lose its integrity, honestly. <laughs> like, it's about me and what was true. Sometimes I look back on it, I'm like, ugh, why were you so upset about that at the time? <laughs> you wrote this extremely dramatic song about something that wasn't that dramatic. But 
That's our right. That exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's actually funny because like just earlier today I had some time to kill and I started watching um, Shaky Graves, who's like one of my favorite artists. I'm like actively ripping him off. I have a suitcase drum and everything. <laughs> I love that man. Um, but huge inspiration for me. And so one of his, like his top song on Spotify is the song currently at the time of this <laughs> podcast being recorded. I don't know. If he's going to just casually drop a platinum hit tomorrow. We don't know. But um, it's called this... It's a song called Tomorrow, and that was the first one he played. It was like a live show that was live streamed from like four months ago or something. And he just, the intro, like he just did like the strumming pattern for like the, uh, or the finger picking pattern for like the intro to the song. And he just kind of talked about like, oh yeah, this song's about, I thought I was in love. And then I was like, every time I go back. (laughs) But I thought, I liked his little, I loved his tangent because he was like, oh, this is a love song. And then, like, he's, like, yeah, halfway through writing it, realized that, like, oh, I don't know what love is. And every time he's, like, yeah, every he says that every time he revisited it, he's, like, I'm older now. You didn't know what love was. I know what love is now. And he keeps doing that. And then, <laughs> and then he's, like, after a while, he was, like, oh, this isn't a love song at all. It's just about the fact that, you know, the only constant in life is that tomorrow's coming for better or for worse. And I was, like, dude, I love that. Because he, yeah. was, he like, analyzed himself being dramatic and analyze like this thing and I love that how you know your own song that you write can you know go through an evolution like that totally and that just ugh, I love it I really love it I think about that (laughs) I watched Beyonce's homecoming documentary last night before I went to bed as I do most (laughs) nights um and I always think of that when I watch her perform certain songs because they're so she is so on with every single song, whether it's about being alone or being wildly in love with her husband. Like, it makes me think, like, I wonder when she's performing and she's so on in that mode, does it take her back to these places? Does it do something to her mentally? Or is she just so, so much of a performer that she's able to turn that on the way mm-hmm. she does? I mean, it was Coachella, so I get it. Like, I get that she would be on for that, but I just am so impressed. This is now about Beyonce, everybody. Yep. <laughs> this is actually a deep delve episode. Um, so we're talking about the ins and outs of Beyonce. So if you're not interested in that, bye. <laughs> well, I'm really interested in what you were just saying, Faith. Like, how do you... How does performing these songs that you're talking about, being so vulnerable in these like things that you've written and things things you're performing, how does that feel when you're performing them? Like I'm just yeah, I don't know, you know. So <laughs> for for me personally, yeah, I think that's why I think of like I I feel for Beyonce because when I when I revisit like certain projects or certain songs, it does take me back, and sometimes I have to check myself. Like okay, you're not there anymore. This is a sad song about. When you were sad, you're not sad right now. You're just, you're just performing, or you're just sharing it with a friend or something. And it's even funnier when, like, someone reacts mm-hmm. and is like, "Whoa, that song was sad. You good? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm good. I'm totally good. That this is probably why I'm good because I was able to write a song about it, and now it's over. So." Um, yeah, I would say it does take me back to these places, and that is something that I've been working on, like, spiritually, 
is able to let go of like resentment attached to certain things or um, certain emotions attached to songs or poems or you know whatever it might be um just not holding on to like these really destructive feelings 2020 baby (laughs) 2020 art of letting go the art of letting go what a rough thing to learn but so valuable like holy shit yeah and i don't think it takes away from the value of it either Mm -hmm. like that is something that I struggled with too and I was like okay I remove all this resentment all these feelings with this song or this project does that mean I don't care about it anymore does that mean it's not important in my heart anymore no I think it it plays into the the saying forgiving is not forgetting Mm. like you can process and move past an event totally but you that doesn't mean you forget it and I think that's you know in personal lives a lot of people get hung up on that specific thing right is that Oh, you're, it's like, oh, you're still hanging on to that kind of thing. And like, I've dealt with this in relationships. I've dealt with this in like certain things and stuff. Totally. Um, and where it's just like, oh, you're not, you didn't actually forgive me. It's like, no, I did. I did. I just don't forget the behavior. Yeah. Like it just, it didn't change the fact that it happened. Mm -hmm. So that's the, you know, it's a tough thing. And like, I think that also what you're talking about really, um, you know, plays into the magic that is art is that. You know, you write a song about something that happened to you or a feeling you had three or four years ago or something, <laughs> and you play it now, and you it almost, like, transports you back to that place and sometimes. Yeah. Like, that, that is, it's fucking magic. That's, totally. It's cool, and it's also just, like, the fuck, man? And if oh you're a good enough songwriter, it'll transport other people. Yes. Like... I hate to do it to you. I hate to do it to you, but Miss Taylor Swift, Taylor mm. Allison Swift with one L, <laughs> she does that perfectly in everything mm-hmm. she writes, arguably. But she Ugh. has a way of like making her story your story. For years, I was like, Taylor Swift is reading my journal and writing songs about me personally. Because <laughs> she has the way of doing that. That's mm-hmm. really special as a songwriter. Yeah, I, I love that. I think my only thing... Her last two albums. Careful. No, 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 no. Here, here it is. <laughs> I really liked them. I really loved them. But I do think that, like, compared to the rest of her albums, I feel like it was more like an A side, B side situation. Just because the songs were so similar, all of her other albums have like a very stylistic like yeah difference between them. That's the only thing, and I'd imagine the songs were all written around the same time. Right. So that's probably what it was. There's um, theories that there's sister yeah. albums, triplets. Yeah. Oh, there might absolutely. be another drop coming. Who well, knows? I mean, look at it this way. Like, uh, <laughs> I was actually just thumbing through my voice demos and stuff, and like, we, ha- I alone have like a whole bunch of like random ass like half written songs, full written songs yeah. that just never made it to life. Like we were talking about that with Cameron, uh, yes, for last week's episode, mm-hmm. was that we as artists we all have a graveyard <laughs> oh yeah we talked about it earlier today. yeah 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 so like taylor swift has a graveyard uh, stop sure. i can't even think about her graveyard and so and like and that's interesting too because like there's i adore and i love the band the wombats and so they had yes. i like downloaded like i have like all of their music i love it but they had the uh um their album um uh, this this modern glitch was 
so good and they had the uh the b-side and it was in my opinion that b-side album was just as good as the one like the a-side yeah and i love that and i think it's it all comes down to the fact that a lot of those artists what was it so i had this random encounter in high school i don't remember how it happened <laughs> but there was someone who came in and she was in some big band she's like yeah i played for two hundred thousand people in an arena or something i don't remember her name i don't remember the name of the act <laughs> um but she came in to talk to us and they're like oh are you interested in doing music stuff with your future and so there was like seven of us in this room with this <laughs> lady and she was like you know fun fact you uh you know as an artist say you write a hundred songs maybe one of them will be a hit yeah and that's just the fact of you know how it is like right um you know, if you write enough, and I think that plays into the fact that you have to just consistently write, you will get better as a writer, you will get better as a performer, you'll get better, you know, at all these aspects. Yeah. And then essentially, eventually hit, you find something that just lands. Yeah. And so that was my fun fact of a random thing that happened to me in high school and has stuck with me, actually. It definitely did stuck with you because one of the best things I did in quarantine was take your advice of writing every day for a month. It just... Patrick told me to write every day. Did Try... I? Yeah. He told me, right? How'd that go? Every day for a month. Um, I have a graveyard. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. Was that like the, the journal thing or like writing songs? Writing songs. Oh, yeah. I did that. It It's weird. It kind of like works out. You just find different mm-hmm. what you like, what you don't like. You start writing like weird genres yeah. of songs you're like whatever let's try this today because i'm tired of writing these other songs yeah that yeah. aren't landing you it forces mm-hmm. you to explore exactly yeah and i i do enjoy that because like for me what i did was like okay so i started a song i have to finish writing it yeah because then you get through the process of writing a song and then you can also kind of like feel a little bit of a sense of accomplishment right totally. because like i finished writing a song that's fucking cool. I did that. Mm-hmm. But then, like, also you can sit down and be like, okay, I like this. I didn't like this. And then you can also just take bits and pieces of songs or, like, for for you, Beth, like, bits and pieces of paintings. Like, oh, I liked how I did this. I'll remember to do that next time, right? I'd imagine. I'm just speculating. Um, does that, you know, check out with you or? Well, yeah, you learn something new all the time. Like, oh, I could do this better. I could do this differently. Mm-hmm. Um and I think uh, something else that helps with that I recently discovered to, I've, I've been going down some rabbit holes, okay, <laughs> in my own content, um, sort of searching the world for answers. Um, and like, I would do speed paints and stuff, right? And I would like watch them and be like, well, that was, why did I do that? Like, this would have been easier. And you just learn from the things that you do. And do you guys like, like, I guess you guys do the same thing, right? Like you listen to a song that you wrote and you're like, maybe I could try something like different here or in the next next piece or this gives me an idea to try something differently in the future. Or... Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. That was actually, that's actually the fun thing about, I think that's one thing that makes live shows super exciting because like we had, uh... oh, I love that because like, especially with Maddie's Change, I think again, man, we'll just bring them up every goddamn episode. Please do. <laughs> Um, but like, it was fun because you'd record one version of the song and then you'd place, you'd, and then like we'd record it, we'd release it and then we'd be like, oh, we'd come up with something cool. Right. Like for instance, uh, our song Torn, 
like I think probably like two weeks after we, you know, after our album release, we did this thing where so we go into like we do a time and key change or not key change a time change from four four to three four into that break, and then we go into the chorus right after. And what we did like two weeks after the album release show was we were like, man, what if we just cut out like the guitars and there was just like super simple like drum line and we're basically just like screaming the first line of the chorus and it just hits so hard and i love doing that live but then we're like we goofed it that would be that would have been so cool in the recording yeah (laughs) but like it's cool because like artists are always going to do that with their songs and i'm also you know maybe if the podcast blows up we can start getting some you know big names and we were talking about paul rudd paul rudd oh he came up we talked about Adult Swim. Um, handsome Devil. <laughs> the what? He's a handsome devil. Ugh. Such a wholesome man. Ageless. Bright. King. Bright. <laughs> <laughs> but like Cameron and I were talking like, oh man, we should have just sat in each other's laps and uh, recorded in your closet, Patrick. And so we will be doing that in the future. With Paul Rudd? With Paul Rudd, hopefully. That's the goal. Um, now every episode, Paul Rudd is going to come up and <laughs> him and I will spend time in my closet together. Interpret that well. any way you want. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, man, I forgot where we were going. Oh, no, I would int- I'd be interested to, like, talk to a celebrity, someone who's, like, you know, say, like, Brennan Urie or something like that. Oof. Because, like, someone at, like, that caliber who's, like, really gone past and see, like, do you, you know, do the crowds react to you playing, you know, songs in a different manner? Mm. Because, like, for us... Not everyone had that song memorized. They don't know, but like, I imagine most people don't like know our songs like super well. So if we play them, I do. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I do. So I, yeah, I guess like, because I'd imagine there are hardcore fans who are just like, that's not how the song goes. Yeah. And they'd freak out and be like, no, they're messing up. They're ruining it. And it's like, this person created this thing originally. Like, you have no fucking saying that. I'm sorry. <laughs> like I used to, I used to think that um, with live theater, because I grew up as a theater kid. Since we all, we all put that out. I'm sorry. I can cut it. <laughs> <laughs> so I grew up listening to original Broadway cast recordings of like whatever I was obsessed mm-hmm. with at the time, and I would go see it live, or I would go to a touring show or something. Even if I went to, like, a high school production of it and it wasn't saying the same way as the OBC, I'm like, mm, okay, <laughs> okay. But as I've gotten older and as I've made music of my own, that's, like, what changed my opinion on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I'm sure mm-hmm. there's lots of hardcore fans that don't like that at all. Yeah, because I feel like you've got, like, the two branches. You have, like, yeah, I think it'd be, like, the two branches. Like, you have, like, basically, like, the Grateful Dead branch. Which is, I'm gonna follow this band around the country, the the world, fucking wherever they go, and be like, I remember exactly how this song was performed in '76 and April 23rd, and it's like, fuck, dude, that's you crossed the line there, (laughs) I think. (laughs) But you didn't cross the line because if it's what you enjoy, it's it's what you enjoy, and like more power to you. Like following a band around on tour would be, honestly, I feel like it'd be really entertaining it'd be enjoyable because you could see them in different yeah. like i'm interested because like i know my show is not going to be consistent whatever yeah 
It's going to be different. I'm going to mess up at a different part <laughs> and make another dumb joke, make a bad pun sort of thing. So, like, personally, as a performer, I'm just, like, live shows would be kind of cool. But, like, it would also be – it's – I feel like it's different, whereas, like, the Grateful Dead is, like, a very specific – like, those jam band situations. Yeah. And, like, that's also, I know, the appeal for, like, EDM music and stuff as well is that it's someone up there improving. They're yeah. doing something, like, completely new. It hasn't been done exactly this way before, and that's what's super cool. Have you ever done that? Have you ever, like, followed, or not followed a band, but have you gone to, like, multiple shows of an artist? Uh, not. While they're in town? I, like, like the I, 1975 always does, like, two nights and, no, I like, haven't. those big acts. I don't think I have. Um, it's cool. You should do it. It's a different, I mean, it's yeah. just what you think. Yeah. It's a different show. Exactly. Yeah, because I Which is why I do it. I mean, people make fun of me. They're like, you're going to go see that band twice in the same week. I'm like, yes. <laughs> Also, <laughs> if you know anything about my history, especially with, like, the Denver scene, mm-hmm. I will be at a show three times a week if I could. Oh. So, yeah, I, it's, there's nothing it, about that that turns me off. I, I like mm-hmm. seeing the different shows. I think it's so special. That's why I was yeah. always mm-hmm. at all the different shows in Denver, because it was fun to see my friends do something different every week. Even if I just saw them the week before, I knew that I was going to see probably the same songs performed. <laughs> Probably, <laughs> but... Yeah. yeah, that was one thing that I know that we worried about a lot, too, was just like, oh, we've got to change up the set every now and then. Like, we'd always have, like, our staples, but I know that at the level we are, we were at, we were like, okay, so we've got enough, you know, some people know our, our like, original music, which is cool, so we can do a mostly original set. And so we're like, okay, so we're going to do... Basically, we're like, okay, so 30-minute um, set time, like, that's usually about six songs so we'll do five originals and one cover and then every show we were like we didn't want to oversaturate which i think is something that we were like super worried about yeah because especially in like what we were doing going to venues is like we were in charge of pre-sales so Mm -hmm. we had to do this ticket selling for our own show which was which made it adds a layer of you know complication to that it's just kind of like okay so I'd feel weird about asking like my friends like, hey, do you want to pay ten dollars every other week to come see me? So we were like, okay, one show a month in Denver <laughs> is like a pretty good way to do it. So we did that, and that worked out pretty well for us. And we did a different. It gave us enough time to learn a new cover for each show. Yeah, which I think you know you need that variety because like I'd imagine unless you're like really trying to get that experience, like oh, how do they perform in Denver versus how they perform in like Salt Lake City, sort of thing. Yeah. Which we are not of that caliber. We tried. And I mean, you guys did tour. We did tour. I did air <laughs> quotes there. We almost did not even make it home. Um, <laughs> because if you are a up-and-coming band trying to do a DIY tour from Colorado, I highly recommend picking a month to tour that is not the dead of fucking winter. I remember that, yes. Um, January was not a good call. <laughs> you guys were all off school i mean it worked it worked out <laughs> do it in the summer do it in the summer <laughs> just do it in the summer man <laughs> or go east that's a lot better than you guys had really good content coming out from that too right? it was funny like all of it was so funny i remember all of this like it was yesterday gosh oh man man i miss the local scene <laughs> you're telling me one of like my favorite things i'm gonna get aaron on this podcast it's gonna happen i love that man I'm just so happy. I'm happy to see, like, the local scene and everything, like, local artists, like, finding a way to make it through all of this. Like that Gestalt live show? Like the, oh, 
<laughs> I love those boys. Same. They're going to be on here too. They Shout out Gestalt one time. Love them. I, I have mentioned them a lot. And also the fun thing is Beth has met Zane. Really? Yeah, we all played a and d together. Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Oh, wonderful, so wonderful. She kind of knows him as a Digbong, his mm. character, which runs... If you, if, if you know Zane, that's totally on brand for him. Zane and I found out that we are cousins recently through marriage. Whoa. But we are cousins right. and I'm repping it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll rep it. Yeah. Oh. So shout out to my cousin Zane one time. Ugh. Love you, cuz. Love Zane. <laughs> He's coming on the podcast. It's just a matter of scheduling it. He doesn't have a say. He doesn't get to say no. That's not the way you should go about anything. I just know him. He's a really good friend of mine. <laughs> Do not take that to heart in any other context i'm so sorry <laughs> oh patty well you, you guys are talking about like the local music scene and everything and i'm curious like obviously not not quite my scene but i'm so curious about it because you guys like know everybody right well at least in your little circle but faith how did you how did you like break into this oh um, I broke into the scene, truthfully and honestly, at Maddie's Changed First Show. I worked at Waterworld hey. with the boys, and I remember buying, I bought four tickets to the show. Yeah. The fuck? You look just the way that Connor and Nate looked at me. They were like, are you sure? Four? I'm like, yeah, I have friends. Like, I'm not going to go by myself. So I bought four tickets, and I remember them being like, are you sure? I don't know. I'm like, yeah, it's cool. Like, I got it. Whatever. Um, I went to that show, and it was so fun. And then I got into just, like, all the music that was there. I, I was already listening to, like, pop punk on my own. Like, mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to name any bands. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I was already listening to to the pop punk of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I want to hear that <laughs> band so bad. And so to go to a to a to a show where like that was the music that was being performed, I was like, "Whoa, this is cool!" And the tickets were like ten dollars, so mm-hmm. this is fun. Uh, and it just became like a hobby of what I did. And then I made friends with everybody. I found a cool little cool little circle there that I miss a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But it is it is fun to keep up with everybody on social media. I'm trying to remain grateful that we have like FaceTime and Zoom and. All that kind of stuff, but nothing beats, you know, dancing around with your homies mm-hmm. to your friends' music. That's what I liked the most about it was that, like, yeah. they were all my friends up there. It wasn't, like, some random people. Well, sometimes it was random people, but for the most part, it was, like, that's that's my friend that we go get coffee or, like, that's my friend that I work with. Like, it's mm-hmm. really cool to see, like, the girls and boys of next door being rock stars. Like, I always used to tell you guys, like, all my friends are rock stars, and it's the coolest thing. Oh. I think that's that's something that's like kind of intimidating from like my end is just Oof. that. Well, no, no, no. Well, I mean, I guess like just like, because like I guess I felt that with you know certain connections and stuff, and it's like. But like even you know just you know the guys I played soccer with like like yesterday one was like yeah I see and like post stuff and then like I'll post like I started the morning honey account and he was like one of the first ones to follow I was like. I feel like self-conscious around like certain groups of people that I know for some reason. And there's no reason for me to do that. That's very real though. Yeah. It's just so weird. And it's just like, I'm nervous to tell you about this, but like, yeah, people care like deep down people care and they're interested and they'll support you in whatever it is. And it's just like, you know, I 
don't know why I ever feel weird about this or that, but it's just like, just be you. And that's super, like, again, I think one of the themes of this (laughs) podcast is uh, do as we say, not as we do, because we get freaked out. (laughs) I'm just like, ah! (laughs) But it's just, I don't know. I think that's an awesome point to make. That's like, that's huge. Because it's also different, like, groups of people that you associate with. Everybody that you are hanging out with isn't an artist. Like, Mm -hmm. I have my artist friends, and I have, like, people (laughs) that don't like that at all. My roommate is the most non-artistic, like non-creative person there is. She's, like, extremely athletic, extremely, like, math and science oriented, which is cool because I'm definitely not any of those things. So even before I came here, I was like, I'm going to go record some vocals, and, like, I'm going to be on his podcast. So Mm -hmm. that's cool. She's (laughs) like, that's really cool, actually. Like, I would let me know when all that stuff is released. I'd love to hear it. And it's just, it's a strange feeling hearing it from different people like that. Yeah, it's weird because I think for some reason, I don't know if, I don't know who to blame. We'll blame society. <laughs> when in doubt, just blame society. It's just like, Climate you get change. like this weird, like, and I mean, I guess that's also part of it is like, you know, when I was trying to, go, when I was going to college, when I was trying to go to college. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> um, <laughs> just like deciding like a major and like my first thing is like, I would love to do music. And like, I tried it and it didn't work out. But then like at the same time you have like all these outside voices whether it be like parents or teachers or mentors is like oh you have to find something that'll actually like make you money what is something that'll and it's just it sucks it sucks and I think it like that like ingrains like this level of um man what is the word self-doubt it's like even shame almost like shame self-doubt and just uh it's almost like why are you doing that if you're not like making money off of it or if you're not like doing it seriously enough to possibly make money off of it one day that's what I help get hold up on a lot mm-hmm. is that like eh, I, I love writing music and I love singing and I love performing mm-hmm. I don't know that I'm ever going to put the time and effort and money into it that I would need to to be self-sufficient on it and that's okay <laughs> yeah it's yeah like it's it's hard and I think that's what I guess that's my current working theory that I came up with, what, 30 seconds ago? Mm-hmm. We can check the clock. Um, <laughs> it's just that you have that whole, like, outside societal pressure of just, like, okay, cool. You like making music? You like, you know, painting dragons? Like, how is how are you going to make a living off of that? Right. Like, is that Who actual... said I had to? <laughs> yeah. And so, like, we get stuck in this loop where it's just, like, is that a feasible option? And so then you feel like, at least for me, like, I feel like some with certain, like, circles of people, it's like, oh, they're just going to be like, oh cool but like what do you do what do you get out of it what do you or or not like that it's just like oh what do you do like i've had like just out climbing and stuff like someone asking like oh what do you do uh yeah and just like (laughs) which is which it's cool it's nice to meet new people and everything like that but it's just it's also like intimidating to an extent because like someone will be like oh this that oh you're not making money or that that is like and i have like this like self-conscious thing is like again like i fall into that thing is like you're 25 what do you have to show for yourself like Well, and like I'm getting better at being well. like, fucking did that? I did this. Did you do that? I did. Right. <laughs> and so, it's weird. But then at the same time, it's easy for me personally. Is like I can go from like, oh, you wouldn't be interested in the fact that I do music. You won't like it. You won't. Right. What if you don't like it? And then also just like, you know, I'm not making money. I'm not like successful in certain eyes and everything. So, what do you care? Right. I don't know. It's weird. A little uh, 
thanks for uh, taking the place of my therapist today, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's, I think it's fair. Like, like I've told you before, like, I, I have a lot of hesitance telling anybody anything about, I mean, this summer I kind of, like, changed all my social media over to Faith Angel Music and, like, mm-hmm. decided, okay, like, yes. I'm going to start kind of doing this. and. That. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm excited to hear more because, like, we just recorded, we just recorded um, Faith's vocals for a song, and I'm so excited. <laughs> um, and I know it is for a specific someone, and this episode is coming out after the specific someone okay. will hear it. So that's why I feel very comfortable talking about it openly. So I'm yeah. excited, like, with uh, music and everything. So after experience in high school, where all have you performed? Because I'm not sure um, I've caught as many... I'm trying to think of, like, have you put on shows and stuff? Because I haven't put on solo shows. Okay. I've only done guest vocals with people. Okay. So I did guest vocals with um, lots of bands in Greeley, because that's where I was mm-hmm. going to school for a minute. Um, and once, like, your your artist friends find out you can sing, they're like, hey, want to sing? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Which I think is super cool. I love it's that. It's such a compliment, too. You're like, oh, my God, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because, like, I have to say, because we had you sing with us. Yeah. That was actually a topic that we had been talking about for at least half a year. What, having guest vocals? Having you sing with us. (laughs) Like, specifically, you were like, how are we going to get Faith involved? Like, we need to have her involved somehow. And we found I was at every show anyway. They're like, we might as well get her up on stage. No, absolutely not. Like, (laughs) we knew you sang, we'd heard, like, your voice, and we're just like, okay. So, like, we need to have her in somewhere. We have to, like, you know, write a song, have her come in and do guest vocals or something. And then, so we were just, like... It's such a huge compliment, too. Like, that's... When we talk about, like, like audience responses, that's what I see as a response. Like, I remember, to bring him up again, Zane. I remember Zane liking, loving, love reacting, actually, Mm -hmm. um, to a cover (laughs) I had posted on Facebook a while ago. And I remember I was like, I've made it. I've made it. He loved reacting. <laughs> like, it's it's the people in your circle that you care about the most caring about it. You know what I mean? That's so huge. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I love it. It's just that, again, like with the, you know, especially with like the, you know, the artist community, the creative communities, like we are ultimately to our roots and like deep down, we're super supportive of each other. Like totally. we care. Like, We're passing the same twenty bucks around exactly. constantly. Like, it <laughs> exactly. really is. Do you and do you feel the same way with like the um, illustration community? Here's the thing: um, you guys are much more involved with each other than I have ever been with anyone. <laughs> so, I am. I'm a very one man show um, these days. Um, so well, I like I listening to you guys talk about your community like. Makes me, I don't know. It's just really nice. Oh my god! Like, <laughs> like you guys have this bond and this history that's just like, really, I don't know. It's really special, and it like yeah. means a lot to me that you guys have this in your life. Do you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just proud of you guys. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> well, we're we're dragging you into this community too. We'll get you on some uh, design some t-shirts or something yes that would be oh, awesome she did the printing t-shirts and i lost my mind I want to- <laughs> i'm not gonna get yes. into it oh my god i want to just do it make stuff oh yes do like oh 
get you to do like a Gestalt Dungeons and Dragons. Oh my theme. gosh, they would be so into that. They do like this random. They they have some random ass like. No, they do like a. They have like an anime t-shirt oh i have that one they have a whole bunch of random ones and it's funny like they have um garfield morphing into princess peach (laughs) is that who it is i think it is they have like a hardcore and it's bright yellow i also have the hardcore heavy metal one yeah i love this voice yeah no like you could do oh you just draw dig bong anything that comes to your mind i'm we're, Almost a hundred percent sure you could stop with. We will plug you into the the local music because we always need graphic designers to design Definitely. stuff, and we're all like, you know, I think like once you start a community like that, it's just like you have this whole. And I think that's one thing that Cameron brought up that I didn't even think about is like with this podcast, we're essentially just ultimately networking. Cre- we're networking. We're <laughs> yeah. creating this community, which I'm excited about. Is that because we're essentially starting out in Colorado? We do actually have someone in the works who will be phoning in from LA and was in a movie that's on Netflix which is wild <gasps> um, I'm excited for that one because um, that'll be the first guest that we have that <laughs> neither of us knows <laughs> <laughs> so the first like guest guest <laughs> yes so I'm so excited for that but it's just because uh, like we all support each other and like we were talking about this um, with Tim's episode was that and all of these artistic mediums is like the lines ultimately like blur and they're all at the end of the day complementary in one way or another. Yeah. Which is incredible. It's so it's beautiful to see. I would definitely agree. Like, I love it. I love it. But yeah, we'll get you plugged in with some bands if you want to do some graphic design stuff for them. Yes. Illustration. Yes. You've already done an album cover. That's true. But you know what I'm thinking about? Like I'm thinking about having shows again, right? Yes. And like going to performances <laughs> and stuff. And like I think about the show that I had. I want I just want to have a dual show. Um, we all show music and you guys perform your little Yes. Boom. Like I would love to see cuz it's so you know, I'm thinking about um, maybe it's the nostalgia that gets to us, but like I'm vicariously having your nostalgia moments like <laughs> as you guys are talking about them like these shows and being on stage with with each other and seeing each other grow and perform yeah. like um i don't know just to like sort of experience those things again like and like be there for them or find a way to experience something similar even like yeah. so i'm just daydreaming like crazy that actually is probably the most seventh circle Ugh. activity i've ever heard so seventh circle seven c is this beautiful <laughs> beautiful venue owned and run by the kind king of Denver himself, who I was talking about earlier but never finished saying, I want to get him on the podcast because I love this man more than anything. You should. Aaron Say. So this man is the DIY king and the kindest person on the face of the planet. <laughs> um, ugh, I love him so much. He's done so much for just Denver and local scenes, like local. And I, n- I understand during the pandemic he's been helping out a lot of you know, at-risk teen, teens who are maybe, like, homeless around Denver and everything. This man does it all. This man does it all. 7C was always that place, too, that was, like, donations only. Yes. Like, if you don't oh. have the money right now, you can still come see the show. Even for, like, like touring acts, you yes. know? Like, I saw Mom Jeans there yep. <laughs> multiple oh, times, you know? Yeah, when Gestalt opened for him. Oh, oh, my God. Yeah. I opened for state champs at Seven Circle. Yeah. Like, way back in the day. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Like, 
there are so many bands that have gone through touring and performed at that venue. Yeah. And have blown up. And or like just... I've I know bands like like Mom Jeans. Mom Jeans sold out at the Fillmore mm-hmm. and then did yeah. their day off show at the at Seven C. So that everybody that didn't get tickets for the Fillmore was able to come see them at Seven C, which was awesome. Yes, it's just uh, Seventh Circle. Such a beautiful place. But like so, for those of you who are not familiar with Seventh Circle in Denver, it is this um, converted what I believe was a mechanics garage down. Um, off of federal it's this diy venue beautiful place wonderful place Um, huge space too yeah oh and they do so many local shows they shoot music videos there um it's that is the place where i had like what i would consider my first like denver show my first real denver show Hmm. i used to play afton shows with uh my band in high school which those are it's a good place to start, but they're ultimately like a terrible company. So you shouldn't like. It's a good place to start, but you shouldn't stick with them for too long. Um, so, and that was just like my experience, like introduction into like, oh, this is like the real music scene. Yeah. And that was so cool. I, it's, you can see anything at Seven Circle, which is the beautiful thing about it. And like Faith was saying, like it's donation only. So, please donate. And if you aren't you know if you can't afford to pay for a show ticket seven circle has your back yeah it's just this beautiful like welcoming community and i love it and if you can volunteer there please volunteer there like it's that place is really special yeah it's really really special like that's where it's where music musicians can start like i found i found my start there like that's you can start there and you can also say like like mom jeans performed on this yeah. stage or state champs performed on the stage. It's That's nuts. a big deal to yeah. like share the stage with like people that you really, really look up to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that it's, it's insane. Cause like, oh, I love it so much because like that, like again, like that's where you start. That's where like these huge bands, like when they're, you know, going on tour for the first time and then they eventually, you know, go out and they perform at Red Rocks or something like yeah. sometimes they start at places like seventh circle. Right. You've got to start somewhere. It's also like the cool factor of being able to say like, I saw them when at, at Seven Circle. I saw them when there were only 10 people who showed yes. up to the show. <laughs> <laughs> but going back to what Beth said about like having shows with, you know, like art and, and mm-hmm. all of us performing, like those are the coolest shows yes. too. Like yes. I've been to a lot of shows where it's at like an art museum or, or just people are presenting their art at the same time. And it's so cool just to mm-hmm. be around different kinds of creatives mm-hmm. in the same space because you're so right it is like at the end of the day we are all we all have like the same kind of makeup to us that we love doing what we do and we are all being vulnerable at the same time it's like it's cute and it's <laughs> <laughs> it's special yeah, i love it and like that's i mentioned seven circle because like well you said it beth so we're gonna pull that off and i know aaron will definitely be up for that Dang. kind of thing like, that'll <laughs> be the bet. fucking coolest yeah. thing ever Ugh. I have to start working on a lot of music now then. Yes. Yes. The wheels are turning. Yeah. Yeah. I got all these fucking dragons I need to Right? Yeah. That's one thing that I've loved about this is like, I didn't anticipate like loving making podcasts this much. And it's just like, it's invigorating. It's like inspiring too. Like, Mm -hmm. ugh. 
it's just a matter of time until I like break down and cry on one of these episodes because like <laughs> I'm just getting so much out of these. Yeah. And it just Well, it's just like talking like with other people who like get it. Definitely. You know? Like obviously like um you guys do music and you perform and stuff and I just am here in my little studio making my little drawings. Um but it's just like we all make things and we all like process our emotions through the things that we create yeah. and sometimes we find answers sometimes we don't sometimes we just do it for the fuck of it you know like i'm just gonna do this today because i have the time yeah but um i don't know i just it has been inspiring to listen to so or listen to i you know we we were <laughs> to live it but uh you know let's let's Keep doing the podcasting thing. Faith, what inspires you? Oh my gosh. Taylor Allison Swift with one L. <laughs> with um, one L. I love that specification. What about Taylor Allison Swift one L? Um, she does inspire me a lot. But everything I, I, I get inspired by um by my experiences. Like I everything that I write is pretty autobiographical right now, which Taylor Allison Swift has taken a step away from that, which I look up to her for that because I don't know how she does stuff like that. Like, I sometimes feel self-centered only writing about myself or I get frustrated that I keep writing about this one thing. Like, I've told Patrick, like, I don't want to write songs about my ex-boyfriend anymore. I'm, I'm done. I don't want to write songs about him. But that's all I can write songs about sometimes. And it's just like, okay, I guess you're not over it. Like, <laughs> let's figure it out somehow. Or there's just something that I think needs to be said on it one more time. I, I still need to get that out there just in case I didn't hear it or somebody needs to hear it that isn't hearing it through any other medium. And if it takes me writing another fucking song about my ex-boyfriend, then I'll <laughs> fucking write the song about my ex-boyfriend. Um, but yeah, I write this this song that we just recorded I wrote about my best friend that I've never done like anything like that before it's always been about like me being sad or me being in love or me being heartbroken so to write about something so pure and like very sweet is super special it's like the first time I've been able to do that so I think the older I get the more I can take from different things that inspire me all over the place and Miss Taylor Ellison Swift, one out. <laughs> well, that's so interesting too, because um, like, what, what was the different experience of like writing something that was like, like made out of like love for the love of your best friend, compared to writing something like exploring the, um, the emotions, the, the conflicting feelings that you still had about this other experience that you had. You know, the wet towel that's still ringing out. You know, yeah. But, like, if it keeps giving, like, you know fucking make something with it I think but like how is that different for you how did that feel different I'm just curious yeah um it felt different in every single way I've I've never mm -hmm. felt the way that I feel about this song about anything else that I've written just because it's so different I mean and it's funny because even in this song there's references to both of our ex-boyfriends they're still <laughs> we're still writing about them but that's the thing is that like it's it's what our relationship is what do i do with her i talk about my ex-boyfriend she talks about her shitty guys that she goes out on dates with you know like 
I am able to take the most genuine parts of our relationship and put it into a song, and that's, like, so... I didn't think I would ever be able to do that, so... I know. I know. <laughs> I love those. Ugh. Yeah, it's like, really special. I feel like, for me... I don't know. Like, for writing music and stuff, too, I feel like there's almost always some kind of, like... I feel like I'm also getting better at that, where I feel like a lot of my songs in the past have had, like, a negative aspect to it. It's like, I'm dealing with this thing that yeah. sucks to an extent. <laughs> but then there's also just, like, I feel like like the most recent song that I wrote and I am a big fan of um, is that it's about, like, you know, kind of just coming to this realization that, you know, everything's okay. And I guess kind of just, like, loving the journey and kind of thing and just experiencing and, like, you know, the ups and downs are exciting. Yeah. Whether it's up or down. And so then it's just kind of like finding some kind of positive nugget and just something to appreciate and everything. And so I feel like just like that growth from like, oh, I got broken up with and it sucks. Or like, <laughs> oh, I feel worthless about this and it sucks. It's yeah. just like, there's reasons to have positive songs. And I've had positive songs in the ba- in the past and stuff. It's just they feel kind of like, I don't know. But even then, like, I feel like negative songs, to an extent, still always have, like, a grain of hope to them. Definitely. Which I think is, you know, maybe that's why we listen to music. It's I think it speaks to, like, art. who you are in the, at the time, too. Like, mm-hmm. that's what I love so much about, like, having, like, that graveyard or having the, like, mm. old songs is that it's like, dang, I was there and now I'm here and I'm able to look at that situation with with gratitude and with gratefulness rather than, you know, cry and scream on on a on a track about it, you know. Cuz I've sent Patrick many songs of me like crying <laughs> in the middle of them. I'm like, "Sorry. That was hard to get through." Anyway, uh <laughs> that adds to it. Like if you can like hear or feel that like pure emotion just like yeah. break through. Like I think one thing that I recently like I so I really love um musical theater um and so i saw dear evan hansen the touring act and we saw so the person who played evan hansen we saw the understudy and in the last song this guy was genuinely crying in the middle of the song and i you know here we are again um how many times does patrick cry a lot. freely <laughs> i was blubbering because like just seeing that emotion just like come through the art and like you know he didn't he wasn't the one who wrote the song but like the fact that it touched him and meant that much to him that he was genuinely like shedding tears in the middle of a performance yeah like holy shit live theater has that like crazy like magical thing to it too like that those experience that's what's so different too about musical theater and like releasing your own music in a different way it's just like it's it's a different level of like digging inside of yourself. I think when you're in musical theater, it's in, it's intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm also interested because like, so with musical theater, like you're acting. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested, like how do you feel about that form of expression versus, you know, writing songs and performing songs that you write that like you are coming from like your own life. So yeah. basically like singing about like this from the perspective of this fictional character versus singing from the perspective of you mm. like a real life human being <laughs> yeah it's um it's it's easier to 
sing. So, so I think that if you have a good voice and you can sing well mm-hmm. and you go into musical theater, it's like, this is great because I don't have to really show who I am. I don't have to create this like persona on stage. I don't have to do any of that because I'm already doing work through a different character. Like at least that's how I thought of it. Like every time I was cast in anything, I was like, okay, well now I'm Maureen from Rent and I get Mm -hmm. to act like her on stage. And that was something that even when I performed with you guys, like it was so daunting because you guys are like jump around do whatever you want to do i'm like i don't know what to do i'm doing what (laughs) i'm supposed to do right and i'm not a character on stage it's such a different transformation than being yourself on stage yeah like and also props to you for fucking crushing that show (laughs) taking on the full Haley williams like persona like you killed it See, was, even uh, even in the in the cover, I had to find yeah. a character to latch on to. It was definitely Haley Williams, and I'm glad that mm-hmm. that yeah. was awesome. received. <laughs> we covered uh, Ignorance God, that by was Paramore, so fun. and I daydreamed about that show because I loved that song, and <laughs> playing it with you was so much fun. <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> Some and, of like one of my favorite memories is like even just practicing at Nate's house, just. It's I, so fun. That has added an extra aspect to that song, and I'm just like, I got to play that live, and I just like <laughs> listening to it. I just like get super excited about it and everything. Like, oh! it's so fun. Every year when it comes up on my memories, I'm like, ah, oh. Audrey too. Audrey sends me her full length recording of me Aww. flailing. <laughs> I love it. But also like with the live performance thing, that's. I don't know if I could handle not having a guitar in my hands, I'm going to be honest. (laughs) Like, performing live, like, we've messed around with that. I did, like, one show. I sang vocals for Anthony Borders' band (laughs) in high school for Battle of the Bands, and I was just doing vocals, and I was so confused (laughs) because I didn't know what to do. (laughs) Because, like, the guitar is just, like, this perfect prop, and I don't have to worry about what my hands are doing that much because it's like, oh, I can just kind of, like, jazz it out a little bit or i'm always playing i don't have to worry that much and then like i just had a microphone and nothing else to do and i was like oh no do you feel less oh, busy no. with just a microphone yes it's that's so, how i felt i'm too. so confused it's so weird and i feel like that's you know in musical theater like acting out the part or like doing the dance or anything totally fills that out and then just like for me it's like oh no yeah i can maybe improv a guitar thing but i can't improv like movement on a stage without a guitar (laughs) or if something goes wrong too you have no control over like fixing it as a vocalist you're just like well i'll wait till they get back on and i'll just start singing again i guess oh oh, that's funny yeah that's actually funny because there was one show at the marquee where we were singing and then my mic stand just like the um whatever like one of the um clips essentially um the joints just like came loose and so it just like started like slowly sinking so i was like slowly <laughs> shrinking with the mic and then ethan from finding common ground was at that show and he came up and he just like held the mic in place those are my favorite moments at shows my favorite i loved it oh or it when someone just... like ties someone's shoe or yeah. replugs in the guitar because they were just going too crazy you're just like ah we're all here oh <laughs> the show must go on one way or another <laughs> somehow So, Faith, with uh, one of the huge parts of this podcast, now that we're, like, what, probably, like, an hour and a half in, I don't know, I'm having a great time with this conversation, like, uh, 
this is good. We're just we're just having a good time. That's what matters. Truly. Um, so do you have like a songwriting process? Like uh, what does how is a song birthed in your world? Okay. That was the weirdest way I could have said that. Um, usually <laughs> it starts from something that I either like hear or I say in passing or somebody tells me. Um that I'm just like, oh, that's a song. Like, even, Patrick, when you text me, I'm like, mm, let's write a song about what you just said because <laughs> I think we can write a song about that. And that's usually just how I, I get, like, a, a split second of inspiration from, like, a word or a, a day I've had or something. And then I try and write something that reminds me of that down. Um, and then I just start fucking around with the melody and... Sometimes I can birth melodies out of thin air. Most of the time I have to find like a, a backing track or mm. something like that, which is a huge struggle <laughs> for me. Yeah. Um, just because it makes me feel like inauthentic. Mm-hmm. Like even when you say like Faith is a singer-songwriter, it like really I'm like, um. <laughs> but you are. You, you really are. You sing and you write songs. Yeah. But I don't write the music to the songs, That's which, fine. like, for years, so many musicians in my life have said, like, well, if you don't write the music, you're not really writing the song. Really? <laughs> yeah, definitely. You've had people say that I, to you? I've had a few. That's bullshit. Yeah, so that's why <laughs> that's why I am a little guarded with the, with the songwriter title, just because I don't want to ever feel like I'm taking something that's not no. for me. No, like, I think that... Uh... I hate that people have said that because, like, you know, you're focusing on one thing, you're doing one thing, like, you're doing what you want, and at the end of the day, that matters. Like, you are writing songs. Yeah. And I don't think anyone should be able to sit there and say, like, oh, you're not writing a backing track. It's like, fuck you. Yeah. I mean, I'm 20, I'll, I'll be 24 this summer, and that's, I'll, that's like the main reason I've not really done anything very serious with music is because I'm not gonna. I don't. I can't play any instruments. I've tried my whole life. <laughs> I've tried with violin first. Aww. Shout out to the violin. I didn't do great. Beautiful. So then I went to piano, and I have really small hands, and I couldn't play the piano. <laughs> and I tried guitar a few times um, in my youth, and then I just tried it again at the beginning of quarantine. And I'm just not inclined in that way. That's okay. That's okay. Like you, you played your strengths, and that's what. Yeah. You figured it out. You gave it a shot. You, you know, you experimented. Totally. And so, like, honestly, if you're one of the people who said that to uh, Faith, uh, that you're not a songwriter if you don't do the backing tracks, comfortable saying this, calling you out, fuck you. (laughs) You suck. (laughs) Like, we're all about supporting each other here, and, like, it's, like... It's collaboration. That's the like, thing, though, too. Like, Beth Beth sees, like, our community and is like, oh, it's so beautiful. It's so nice. Like, it is to say that there are still, like, there we still have our fair share of assholes in there that say shit like that to people, you know? And, and yeah, it's yeah. almost to, like, discourage people from yeah. wanting to do something like that. Like, no, I do that. You can't do that because you don't write music. I hate that. I hate that <laughs> because, like, look at it, like, just to break it down is you know you form a band and so like i think that someone saying that is essentially the you know the equivalent of someone saying like oh patrick so so let's just take examples so so like a song from maddie's changed 
Mm-hmm. So just pick any song. So we were a band. So basically that's someone saying like, oh, so you wrote this song with Maddie's Changed, right? Well, you're not actually a songwriter because you didn't write the drum part, right? I don't fucking play drums. Right. Like we formed a band because we're a collaboration. And so like Nate's the drummer. He's That's what he focuses on. That's what he enjoys doing. I like singing and playing guitar. Like, yeah, it's the collaboration is part of the magic. Like, for sure, the fact that you're gonna sit there and like critique someone for not making the backing tracks. Like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> like, I that just makes me really upset. And now it's my turn to thank you guys for being my therapist on <laughs> this episode. Like, if you want to focus on one instrument or like one style. That's your choice. Do it. Like, don't let anyone, like, discount you for that. Yeah. Like, Jesus. Like, that's like if you were in the math and science world, if you're just going to be like, oh, you're an aerospace engineer? But what about, like, just general engineering? Do you know how to do this? And I was like, (sighs) fuck off, dude. (laughs) Like, it takes a lot more than one person to build a spaceship. Right. It takes, you know... It can take any number of people to write and record a song. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, the fact of the matter is that you created something. Totally. I agree. And so, and, you know, we find, you know, a lot of strength in community. And so I think that's important. And ultimately, like, we can find those people. And they're going to be there in every aspect of life, which sucks. Totally. But we got to live with that. And... You know, at the end of the day, hopefully we can convince them that that's just not the way to look at art in the world. Yeah. And hopefully that we, hopefully we can also just not alienate them in return. Right. And we can just call them out on their bullshit and then hopefully they can grow from that. Definitely. Because like, I think that, you know, it's easy to kick someone out of a community like that. It's very easy to say, oh, you did this and that's wrong. And like it needs to be addressed that it's wrong but ultimately we're all just trying to grow and we're all going to make mistakes yeah so i don't want to like i'm being i'm the most aggressive one on this topic (laughs) at the moment but like there's room to grow there's always room to grow i make mistakes everyone makes mistakes like you're gonna fuck up it's part of being alive yeah i think it's cool too like what you said about like it takes you know, any amount of number to record and release mm-hmm. a song or write a song. And I think that's special too, just like on a human level, like I'm pretty introverted for the most part. So like even reaching out to Patrick, who is like one of my really good friends and I trust him a lot. So, mm-hmm. and I don't think he has any judgment against me or for me or anything, but even reaching out to him, like, Hey, I wrote this song. Do you think you want to work on it with me? Like it's, it's vulnerable that aspect Mm -hmm. of writing songs is even vulnerable without even releasing it to the world like i'm taking it to someone that i think very highly of so it's like eh hopefully (laughs) hopefully they think highly of it too or maybe they don't and if they don't at least they're helping me like that's something that i think is really special with the community as well yeah there's something there's just like this huge amount of like vulnerability with sharing your art that you created that's like a reflection of you it's a reflection of you. It's a reflection of what you've, you know, been through to an extent for of what your, you know, your interests, your hobbies, your life experiences and stuff. So it's just kind of, 
or it's just like something that you like like exactly yeah sometimes it's embarrassing to like certain things you <laughs> yeah. know like like musical theater sometimes it's embarrassing to be like yep i'd be repping musical theater heavy <laughs> It's, but you find people, like I find, Pat, like Patrick sends me different, like I remember the first time you sent me the like 31 questions musical, I was like, oh my gosh, Patrick likes this stuff too? I could talk to him about musical theater? <laughs> it's exciting. Like, it's like, dang, okay, like this person that I maybe didn't think was all that into that is also into that. And it's fun to like, just have a mutual interest and in not be like so embarrassing or so like such a process to explain to someone like this is why I like it this is why it's special like I like this song because of this like <laughs> they just get it that's I think that's what's even special about this podcast and that's why like everybody that's involved in it really enjoys it because it's just like we all get it we finally have found some people that all get it to some extent it's like even with like people you trust it's like weird sharing this part of you totally which is I don't know, it's odd because it's like, I should trust you. It's like, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that I don't trust you, that I'm like having, being nervous, like sharing this with you. But it's just the fact that it's like, it shows a piece of me that, you know, maybe no one's ever seen before. Yeah. Or maybe we haven't talked about like in our friendship because we're Mm -hmm. not like, I don't know, we just haven't talked about that yet. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, anyway, here's the most heartbreaking thing that's happened to me. Listen to it. (laughs) Anyway, here's Wonderwall. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, man. Do you have anything else no. you want to, like, hit on, Beth? Because I know we're running right through all this time. Faith, plug your shit. Yes, yes. Where can we find you? <laughs> um, you can find me on uh, Facebook and Instagram. I have a Facebook page for my music called Faith Angel Music, and my Instagram is also Faith Angel Music. I do have a Twitter, but it's anonymous and hilarious. <laughs> If you want to find it, DM Patrick. Maybe he'll give it to you. (laughs) If he deems you worthy. Just don't. I'm the gatekeeper now. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Where's Faith's secret tweeter? Oh, man. I love it. Can we expect any uh, music releases from you? Yeah, uh, my goal right now is uh, by the end of April, I want to have at least something on Spotify. So, yeah. That's my goal to myself right yes. now. So we will see um, how much Patrick wants to help me. <laughs> I, I will always help you. So, All you have to yeah. do is ask. Like, yeah. Ugh, you have been to so many shows. Like, again, like this whole like supportive. <laughs> like, it's all it's all a community. Like, everyone's just. I'm just happy to see you making music. Like, I'm excited to see you write. I'm excited to see what you create. Thanks, Patty. I'm excited to see what you release. Like, It's my time. It's your time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. So keep an ear out for Faith's music. Yeah, I post covers, too, on, yes. like, that Facebook page and stuff. So if mm-hmm. you guys want to hear my voice in general, what it sounds like, <laughs> there's lots of content on there for you to explore. Um, and I, I just, like, do random covers on there all the time. So, um, But original music, hopefully, by the end of the month. Of next month, April. Of April. Yes. This month. This month, because it's April. We're in the future. Yes, we are recording (laughs) into the future. This is how podcasts work. Perfect. Well, I just wanted to ask the thing we've been asking everybody, because I'm interested in it again. Faith, what does home mean to you? (laughs) What feels like home? That is, like, honestly, Beth, kudos. Yeah, what feels like home? Kudos to you. That is a fucking incredible question. I'm so happy you brought that one up. (laughs) 
Um, well, we've been talking about it literally the whole episode. I, I have always felt most at home since I started um, at a show with my friends. It's the most free I feel. It's the happiest I am. I've, I'm, it, that, that space is so important to me. And like not having it for a year has just kind of solidified like how shitty life is without concerts. Um, but it's not even like concerts like, like most people go to like huge Red Rocks concerts, which are cool. Like I, mm-hmm. of course, I love going to Red Rocks concerts or, you know, big, big, huge ticket sale acts. But I feel most at home watching my my friends on stage like at a gestalt show or like r.i.p postcards but postcards yeah, was like Ugh. postcards was big for me we all know uh, rip postcards rip Miss postcards them. i have two this is how at home i feel in the scene i have two tattoos of local bands on me <laughs> of lyrics from local hey. bands i have a postcards tattoo and i have a gestalt tattoo yeah yeah, and people ask me all the time, like, what are you going to do if they broke up? I'm like, well, postcards already broke up, so. <laughs> um, I'm going to have it tattooed on me for the rest of my life is what I'm going to do. But I'm going to look at it, and I'm going to think of how special they were to me for a really long time. And I hope they are still special to me every time I look at it. So. why I decided to get a little Frankie tattoo because those yeah. were some of like the best some of the best memories that I've ever had is being in that band and definitely I loved it some of my one. favorite memories is you being in that band oh. <laughs> <laughs> also with like the case of like postcards and gestalt is like super cool just seeing them do so well so like insanely blow well. up like it's so exciting from like a, a like a fan's point of view yeah. or a friend's point of view yeah. then you're like and it's just like i've <laughs> i asked you guys to play in my dad's basement when we were 15 yeah <laughs> and now you're out here doing all this shit like what this is so cool yeah feels like home horse house oh. basement of horse house feels like home oh yeah oh, shout out to me shout out horse house one time oh. and hangers r.i.p hangers, hangers. oh all those small venues i love them <laughs> dominique's backyard <laughs> yeah